Okay. Is this our banter? I think this is it. Talking about this being the first. (laughs) This is the banter. (laughs) Welcome to the banter. (laughs) All right, everybody. Hey, happy October. It's October, which means it's still 100 degrees in California. So bless our little hearts. Bless you all. I know. I know. But in many places, it's not. And it also means that it's National Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And all month long, we're going to be having guests with Down Syndrome on the podcast starting today. Let's get to it. It is now time to shout some worth and shift some narratives for people with Down syndrome. Today, we are chatting with Dana and Anthony. They are a brother and sister duo. One of them has Down syndrome. You're going to find out soon who it is. And they're going to share all about their sibling relationships as children, and they're both currently adults. And so their relationship now as adults, we know this is such an asked for and sought after topic. And we are so excited that they are here. Friends, welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. All right, Lucky Few podcast listeners, who wants to step up in the advocacy space? I know I do. Who wants to hang out with me and my entire family next April in Washington, D.C.? Hands also go up. Well, I'm excited to let you know that the National Down Syndrome Society is proud to present the Down Syndrome Advocacy Conference, which takes place in Washington, D.C., April 17th to the 19th, 2023. So mark those calendars. This is an event for every single person in your family, for people with Down syndrome and those who love them of all ages. It's also gonna be in partnership with Advocacy Partner and the National Down Syndrome Congress. You don't need any previous experience in policy or advocacy to participate. Scholarships are available. To learn more, you go to www.ndss.org slash DSAC. I hope to see you there. All right, Micah, I'm happy you're you're joining me for this one. I have children with Down syndrome who have siblings without Down syndrome, as do you. Yes, we do. (laughs) We both do. I just got this book, Unbound, The Life and Art of Judith Scott. Okay. And Judith Judith Scott went by Judy, Mm -hmm. and she um, was born in the 40s. She passed away in 2005. And her twin sister, Joyce Scott, wrote a children's book about their life together. Yes. And uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I just read it yesterday. I'm excited for this. Yeah. So I, and it was, it's, she became this uh, internationally recognized artist in, late in her life, uh, Judith did. Mm -hmm. And she would make art out of found objects and fabric and so she made these kind of like amazing sculpturey kind of things with string and stuff and was you know in these incredible galleries and museums and stuff oh my and, gosh we need, to, we need to do an episode on her yeah we do and uh it's the sweetest book because it's just it's her sister talking about what they meant to each other as children and what they meant to each other as adults and we love that so so good. So good. Okay. We're going to link to that and I'm going to buy it as soon as we're done recording this episode. 
Put it um, in your cart. Put it in your well, cart. Before we get into it with our guests, I want to read a review. This comes from CRDH, who left this review on Apple Podcasts and said, these moms are speaking to me virtually and helping me with my daughter. I'm very thankful. CRDH, thank you for leaving that review. We're so thankful for you and thankful to know that we are in this together. I'm sending love to you and your daughter. Listeners, if you listen to the show and you have not left a review yet, you can head to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and you can leave a review there and maybe we'll read it aloud next week. Uh, We love this feedback. We love hearing from all of you and appreciate your support so very much. All right, well, let's do this. Uh, Before we jump in, I just want to say that I hope You all have been enjoying our interviews with the wonderful people at the National Down Syndrome Society who are bringing us such relevant information from their experts each and every time they come on. And I'm really grateful that we've gotten to develop this partnership that we have. Today's episode will be no different because I'm joined by two wonderful friends. Dana Shulo is an occupational therapist and the research associate for the National Down Syndrome Society. And her brother, Anthony, is a self-advocate with Down Syndrome. Thank you both so much for being here. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. Thank you. We're thrilled to be here. We are so excited you guys are here. So excited. There's so much to talk about. I have a million questions, um, and I just can't wait to get to know you guys a little better. And let's start, Dana, with you. So introduce yourself to our listeners, your role at NDSS, where you're at in the world, a little bit more about you. Sure. So my name is Dana Shulo. Um, Like Micah said, I'm the research associate at NDSS. I'm also a registered and licensed occupational therapist. Um, I live outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Is there something you love to do on your free time? Oh, yeah. I love antiques. So I'm always going to flea markets and antique shops. I love it. Oh my gosh. That's my jam too. And there's, I'm in California. I feel like there's so much more in your neck of the woods. Then there we have a lot here. We're lucky. Yes. So good. Anthony, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and where you're at in the world and what you like to do? Okay. I do special Olympics bowling and I work at Tim's Express Boob and my hobbies are riding my bike being outdoors, exercise, shopping, and going to eat out. Yes. Nice. nice. Okay. I, there's so many things I want to pick apart in this answer that you just gave us, Anthony. First, I want to know, what do you do at Tim's Lube? Are you, of, like, do you fix cars all day? Do you have to change oil? What kind of stuff do you do? I, I change oil. I... Um, I actually, um, do, um, taking cash out. Okay. Um, I help, uh, getting people's license plates and managers. And I do, uh, take, take the cash out. Um, I, Air and tires, um, and I help um, 
the, them with put windshield wiper fluid in and I'll make sure everything's tidy and clean. That's really cool. That's really cool, Anthony. That seems like, I mean, I, I get really intimidated doing car stuff. Me too. Yeah. I feel, I get scared to put air in my tires because I'm always afraid I'm going to put too much <laughs> and do something bad to my tires. And I get worried about like where things go in the engine. So I'm always impressed with people who both like know all of those things and are not afraid to do a job where your hands get all dirty and you get all filthy every day. I guess you don't mind that. Do you not mind getting dirty? I don't care. <laughs> That's so good. Um, also, where's your favorite place to eat out? Um, I like to eat out at, at this daughter place, is it? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I like, um, like chilies, eat in park. Um, I like to go to, um, what else? Red Robin. Um, and there's a place my sister and I like to go. It's, um, what's it called, Dane? P.F. Chang's. P.F. Chang's. Nice, nice. There's nothing like Red Robin. Isn't Red Robin with all you can eat fries? Isn't that their their yep. thing? Okay. That, I love the fries. <laughs> oh, Anthony, I think fries are my favorite food of all time. I've just That's come to this conclusion said. this year that French fries are maybe my very favorite food. They're at the top of the list for my son, August, who's eight for sure. Um, okay, let's get into some family dynamics. So I want to know about the two of you who's older and you don't have to say how old you are, but I do like knowing that information. And um, do you have other siblings and where does everybody live? Where do your parents live? A little more about your family dynamic. So I am the older one. I'm two years older than Anthony and I am living about 20 minutes north of Pittsburgh in an apartment. Okay. All right. Where, so Anthony, where do you live? I live with my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And do you guys have any other brothers or sisters? None. The two of you. Okay. Yeah, two of us. Okay. So the older sister and the baby brother. Yep. <laughs> Very cool. And you said, Anthony, you said you're near Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Is that right? Butler. Near Butler. Oh, near Butler. Okay. Got it. Got it. So you guys are not that far from each other. Nope. Nope. Okay. Okay, so Dana, will you share a little bit about growing up with a brother who has Down syndrome? So you were born and then this baby enters your life. You were two years old. So you probably have, I would imagine, like a very limited memory of that time. Um, but can you share about growing up with Anthony and then what, if you remember learning about Down syndrome, how it was talked about in your home and stuff, and maybe turn the screen back towards you a little bit so we get clear. Sure. So yeah, Anthony was born when I was two. Um my parents told me right away that he had Down syndrome. Um, he was a birth diagnosis. So we all kind of learned together. He was also born uh, with deafness in one ear. And I'm told that I was much more concerned that he was deaf in one ear than with the Down syndrome diagnosis. 
um, deafness I could understand and, and I was familiar with and Down syndrome didn't mean a whole lot to me at that time. It took several years, probably until I had started preschool before I realized that there was really anything different about our dynamic. Um, and then I, I learned sort of through the other kids and, um, and, and watching where their brothers and sisters were in, in development that Anthony was just a little bit different than them and where he was at in his development. But even then, it really didn't mean a whole lot to me. We still did all the same things that everyone else did with their siblings. We went the same places. Yeah, I had a great time with him. We had a great childhood growing up together. A lot of fun, got in a lot of trouble. Got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anthony, what do you remember about growing up with Dana? Growing up with my sister Dana, I... I remember when she held me when I was a little baby because I thought that was cool. And I felt like I can't believe I got a big sister. That's amazing. Are there, Anthony, are there things that you remember when you were a kid that you loved to do with your sister? Yeah, we played games. We also laughed together. We, we just did things together we enjoyed. We rode horses together. Oh, awesome. Wow. Did you guys have horses as a family or you went to like a riding place? I, I had a pony. My sister had a horse. Very cool. So good. Do you, do you still have horses? No. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about some of the unique challenges that you remember growing up. I, I'm thinking of our listeners. So many listeners have reached out and want to know about sibling dynamics. And um, we, you know, we're talking a lot to a lot more parents than we are siblings and parent, and that's always a concern for a lot of parents when they're when they already have children and then their next born, whether it's second or whatever, wherever in line, has Down syndrome. Like, well, what about my kids? You know, what about my kids? And we know it's not all rainbows and unicorns. So, Dana, would you talk to us about some of the challenges that you can think of growing up, whether it was for you or Anthony or the family dynamic with a sibling with Down syndrome? Sure. I think when you're young, it can be hard to understand why your sibling requires more of your parents' attention, more of your parents' time. Um, there was definitely jealousy growing up. Um, we very often were going to therapies um, and Anthony was given this attention by the therapist. They were playing games with him. And I didn't always understand why I didn't get that special time with these adults playing games. And so that was hard at times. My parents did a good job explaining to me, you know, over and over again at an age appropriate level um, that Anthony just needed a little more help uh, learning skills as we were growing up. But I definitely remember being jealous of, of some of the time and attention that Anthony got that I felt I didn't get. I would say another challenge um, was sometimes at school, Anthony and I were lucky enough to attend the same school um, for several years since we were pretty close in age. And there were a couple of times when I 
saw children making fun of Anthony. And that was extremely difficult for me to understand, um, especially as a child. And it was very upsetting to see. Um, I think it made me it made me a stronger person because I would stand up for him at that time. Um, so I it kind of became his protector when we were at school or on the school bus. I was always looking out for him, but but it was also kind of a source of stress. Um, I would worry about him. And, and if I wasn't able to be right with him, I would wonder if others were being kind to him or not. And, and the vast majority of the time, they were very kind. And he had a ton of friends, more than I did, for sure. <laughs> but there, there were always, um, you know, a few kids who hadn't been exposed to someone who was different than them um, that, that were unkind. And that was really, really hurt a lot um, to know that he would face those challenges. Did you talk to your parents about that and what was their reaction? I did, yeah. They they were really supportive. Um, I think it probably broke their heart as well to know that that mm -hmm. was going on. But when they were talking to me, they kept a brave face and and just explained to me that, you know, not everyone had the gift of having someone who's differently abled in their life and that they just needed to be educated. And if they understood what an incredible person Anthony is um, or others who are differently abled in a similar way, um, that they probably wouldn't make fun. They wouldn't tease, um, but they would understand if, if they were just given a chance to learn. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there, would you have any encouragement for any of our listeners as they are talking to their kids or even we have plenty of listeners who are just adults in whether they're teachers or, um, or godparents or aunts and uncles in in kids' lives who are siblings of children with with a disability. Do you have any encouragement for them of what what you needed, what you got during that time that you needed, what you wish you had gotten from the adults around you? Yes, I think a lot of it boiled down to validation. Mm. I I needed my feelings, even the negative ones, to be validated. You know, I needed to feel safe going to the adults in my life and saying, I'm really jealous. It really annoys me that you spent all day with Anthony and, you know, I was in my room coloring or doing something else. I needed to feel safe going to them and expressing jealousy and anger and frustration. And I needed them to validate that and to tell me that it was okay to feel that way. I think that that did go a long way. And, and if I had gotten even more of it, I think it, it would have gone even further. And it, that has to be hard for a parent to hear that one of their kids is feeling any negative emotion, especially surrounding a sibling. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, validation of those feelings and not 
not feeling, having to feel guilty about having those emotions really mm. meant a lot to me. That's really helpful. That's so helpful. I, um, I've met, I feel like I've met quite a few adult siblings with a dynamic of two. I think any, any sibling dynamic, it just changes so much. If you're like a single child, only child, and you're one of 10 and anywhere in between there's, it's just so different. It's a different experience for everybody, but that one of two and have met some adults who feel as an adult are realizing that they still feel so overlooked and that's carried into their adult life. This idea of like, of course, nobody came to this thing that I do. That's my whole life, right? Like they came for my sibling with Down syndrome, but no one ever came to this for me. How do you feel? And I'm not, I don't want to project that onto you at all, but this idea of like your sibling with Down syndrome is getting a lot of attention. And when you're younger, you see just a small aspect of that because you're a child. So you can't see all the details. And as you get older, you can understand it more. Um, how do you, have you had those feelings of being overlooked as an adult, whether it's by parents or just like in life where it's like, yeah, this is something that that's just been a part of my life. Or does that not, do you not feel like that you resonate with that at all? That does resonate with me. Um, I think I, I have sometimes referred to a story where I was referred to as Anthony's sister a lot rather than Dana. Mm -hmm. I was Anthony's sister. Um, and as much as being Anthony's sister has been a gift and a blessing, uh, I also wanted to be known for my own accomplishments and, and my own self. So I think at times it, it has run into my adult life. Um, I was lucky enough and privileged enough to be able to have some counseling surrounding having a sibling with a disability. Um, which I would recommend for any family. I think it certainly can't hurt and just processing through some of the challenges that you face over the course of, of life with a differently abled sibling. I found it to be very helpful personally. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that, Dana. It, yeah. It's really, really helpful. And even as you were talking about validation, I, I was like flashing before my eyes were the conversations I've had with my older boys of being like, you spend all the time with Ace doing this thing and you, and, and how often at least I, as a parent can quickly give my reason, you mm -hmm. know, well, you know that I go to your football games and Ace doesn't get to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's actually very even <laughs> or whatever it is that parents say to, instead of being like, you know what? That's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. To feel that it, way. It's so helpful. I think that that's just kind of in life. We want to be validated. Right. And I, mm -hmm. yeah. And I can, I can even think, and I don't say this out loud, but I'll, I'll think with my child who doesn't have down syndrome and she's feeling some of these sentiments and it's like, but you don't understand. This is a world that is against your something with down syndrome. Like we live in a world that is anti your sibling with down syndrome because they have down syndrome. You know, like I can go, I can go there, but that's not helpful. That's not even a little helpful for her. Like, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, her reality is real. It's real for her and it needs to be validated. That's such a good, such a good word. 
I appreciate you sharing that for sure. I have a million more questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk to Anthony more too, but I have one more question. We're going off script here a little bit, but I do have a question. You can think about this if you want. And you don't have to share if you don't if you don't want to. We can just take this whole thing out. But I would love to hear from from you what you can look back at that your parents did right that you can think about as a child and now as an adult. I and maybe even like child teenage years. I think those teenage years I've heard from a lot of siblings where it's like you start driving. I don't know if Anthony drives or not. Like that there's I'm seeing that right now with my girls. They're 14 and 11, both in middle school and and the things that truly my middle daughter is able to do that Mason's not, it's just um, magnified and heightened in this season of life. So things that you can think like your parents did well, and maybe something if you're willing to share that you, that you wish they would have done differently. I, something that my parents did well um, is making special time for me when I was a kid you know, of course, Anthony had had a lot of things going on, a lot of therapies and appointments. And I really appreciated it when my parents would set aside even 10 or 15 minutes to just spend with me without Anthony being there. Um, just talking, asking me how my day went, showing genuine interest in whatever was going on in my childhood life. I I really appreciated that. And again, even just little bits of time, whether it was while Anthony was in OT or speech and you know we were sitting in the waiting room um, for those 30 minutes, I just had my mom to myself. And when we made the most of that is when we have conversations and that made me feel so special and just reminded me that you know, my parents really do care about me. It's not that, it's never that they don't care. It's that their time and energy and efforts are really needed somewhere else. And those reminders that they care about me as well and are willing to put time and energy into our relationship. Something that I struggled with and, and to be honest, still struggle with at times is guilt. It can be challenging to look at my accomplishments, whether that is driving or going to college, um, and know that although I'm so proud of myself and thrilled that I have been given these opportunities, that Anthony may not be given the same opportunities or may have to struggle a lot more than I did to, to gain those accomplishments. And my parents have been very supportive, which I've appreciated. Anytime I've brought those feelings up to them, they've been very quick to say that Anthony is so proud of me and everything that I've done that he would never want me to miss out on anything just because you know, maybe his path is going to be a little bit different than mine. Um, but that's definitely something that I would say even to this day is is a feeling that I have sometimes mm -hmm. um, that can be tough. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.
Well, let's let's talk to Anthony. Anthony, will you tell us a little bit more about what you and your sister like to do together now? What is your relationship with her like now? What do you do together? We always hang out. We like to go and we like to do antique shopping with her and we like to hang out. We just, uh, I love talking to her and she supports me and I support her. And I think she, she's the best person in my life because she's the only person I want to, her to know. Uh, I'm always going to be there for her no matter what. That's really sweet. So sweet. What kind of advice would you have for parents who are listening about having a child with Down syndrome and then their sibling and how to treat them as they're growing up? Treat them with respect, trust, and even give them a chance to be more like me because they have a better chance to get all the treatment like they support supposed to get like the everyone else needs. Mm-hmm. Anthony, what are some things about your sister that you're proud of? I'm proud of her because of her in a job, um, proud of my sister. Just, I'm proud of my sister because there's a lot of reasons, and I think she's one of my best sisters. She's like um, one of the people I can go to, and I can talk to her when I am stressed out or upset or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it feels like. I have faith in my sister and I think it could help me. Love that. Anthony, I have another question for you that is not on the script. So if you feel free to answer or not answer, but I was wondering because Dana talked about how she went off to college and I wondered if she moved away and what that felt like for you when she moved out of the house and you were by yourself with your parents. I was jealous because she went to college and I kind of felt like, oh, she's going to have a better life, life than me. But mm-hmm. it, I, I, and then I figured out later, I think that's better for my sister because she deserves every right to go to college. Did the house feel real lonely after she moved out? Did it get real quiet? Yes. <laughs> I bet your parents felt that too. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Dana, as we're going and asking you questions we didn't tell you to prepare for, um, can you, how has having Anthony as your brother made you better? In every way. Um, I, I went to OT school because of Anthony attending his therapy sessions as a child. Um, his OT sessions were always my favorite. 
And I realized at a young age that that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to help, you know, I work for the National Death Syndrome Society now, and that's certainly because of Anthony. Um, not a community that I would be familiar with otherwise. I also, I know unconditional love because of Anthony. I think that's the biggest thing. He, he loves me no matter what. I could screw up royally in, in any way and he could look past it in a second. Um, when he looks at me and, and at lots of other people, he just sees the good in them. And that's something that, that I really try to do. I try to, to be more like him in that way and, and look for the good in people and love without limits. So good. It's beautiful. Anthony, one yes. more, one more off script to you. How has your sister made you a better person? Um, she made me better by talking to me more often and we and she made me special but all these different reasons she i always think she brought me a, a good life and and i happy to have everything about my sister and I am so lucky to have her. I, I'm about to cry. <laughs> oh, you're sweet. My, I just love my sister so much. She's the best. She's just been a great sister for me. Oh, gosh, you too. I wish I was hugging both of you right now. One more question, and then we're, we're going to do something called good news. And we'd love to hear some good news in your life, Anthony. But the last thing, if you could share with advice for parents who want to foster a good relationship and a loving relationship between their kids with and without Down syndrome, what advice do you have? I have one. It always put extra love in them, like support love. I would say a big one is expectations. And I mean that in a couple of ways. Um, I think that there should be expectations in childhood of all children, um, all of the siblings. Of course, those expectations may be a little different um, depending on the child, but I always appreciated it when I was asked to unload the dishwasher or help with laundry and then I could look over and Anthony was also asked to do a chore that was appropriate for his current skill level. I think there would have been a lot more jealousy if I had felt that expectations were vastly different between the two of us. I also think expectations of your child who does not have a disability, it can be a lot of pressure, especially when there are only two, um, to feel like you are responsible for your sibling, whether that's looking out for them at school or looking into the future and thinking about becoming a future caregiver. I think that the best thing the parents can do, in my opinion, is to always let their child know that 
you love and support them no matter what they choose to do. If they choose to stand up to the bully at school and you'll love and support them if they choose that, but you'll also love and support them if they're scared or embarrassed or nervous about standing up to the bully. Um, and the same for the future. I'm sure that many parents hope that their typically developing children will become caregivers for differently abled um, children. But I think that from the beginning, your typically developing child should know that no matter what they choose, you're going to love and support them. That's a really good word. Thanks, Dana. Yeah. Thank you, Dana and Anthony. Such good advice. Thank you guys for coming on and taking the time to share about your relationship. Really, really value and appreciate everything that you shared today. And we're going to head over to a segment of our episode that we call Good News, where we like to celebrate the little things and the big things and everything in between happening in the lives of our loved ones with Down syndrome. So we're going to take a little break, head over to our good news segment. And Anthony, we'd love for you to share some good news. We'll be right back. Okay. Thank you. Listeners and friends, I'm so excited to share with you. The National Down Syndrome Society, NDSS, is proud to present the Down Syndrome Advocacy Conference. It's going to be in Washington, D.C., April 17th to the 19th, 2023. So we are getting it to you early. Mark your calendars. Okay, listen to this. The conference includes optional pre-conference learning sessions on Monday, a full day of policy and advocacy trainings on Tuesday, and meetings with members of Congress on Capitol Hill on Wednesday. Talk about getting it done, friends. This is going to be such an amazing opportunity. And it is for people with Down syndrome and their families, caregivers, and loved ones to come together to advocate for nonpartisanship legislative priorities that impact the Down syndrome community. There's even a track for kids so you can bring the entire family. And guess what, everybody? The Avis family is going to be there. That's right. NDSS has invited me and my entire family to join you for this event. I'm going to be speaking at it. The NDSS is also thrilled to be holding this conference in partnership with other national Down syndrome organizations, including the Advocacy Partner, the National Down Syndrome Congress. You do not need any previous experience in policy or advocacy to participate. This conference is for you and there's scholarships available. To learn more, you can visit www.ndss.org DSAC. I hope to see you there. Time for good news, time for good news. Everybody welcome to the good news. Yeah, yeah. All right, Micah, you want to bring us in? Everybody, 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 share your good news. Woo! Ow! Ow! There it is. That's the good news tune, Diddy today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anthony, do you have some good news you want to share with us and the listeners? Yes, I have good news. Um. Good news for me because I am always happy to let people know there will be support and uh, and and they will get it as soon as possible. 
down to them alone this month. So I want to thank them because they did a good job on everything for everyone who has this. Um, and I want to thank everyone who killed my sister. I want to thank too for everything. I love it. Yep. Down some awareness and support. Your mm-hmm. sister is good news. You are good news. Very good. I have some good news from a listener. You want to hear this is from life with an extra sparkle. And there is an underscore between each word. And this person says, Ivy has just started to pull herself to stand and stood independently for five whole seconds. As we all know, these small milestones get a big celebration in our families. We're so super proud of her. Life with an extra sparkle. Thank you for sharing that. Ivy, get it, girl. Get it. You use those muscles to pull yourself up and stand and balance. It is such good news. Oh, gosh. Those, I just have such clear memories of that with Macy and August, right? All of those, all of those milestones. So good. Uh, Micah, do you want to share some good news? Um, Yes, I will share good news. We've been working on just uh, waiting for Ace to receive the verbal instructions I'm giving him instead of rushing him along. So this is more like me working on it. Yes. And giving Ace time to to hear and process and respond. And so he has been doing small things that I wasn't giving him space to do before. And that's been really cool. So I am asking him to sit down when he comes home from school on his own and take his shoes off on his own without me just like rushing in and mm-hmm. starting to unbuckle the Velcro. And he's doing it. And he's awesome. learning how to hang his backpack up. He's learning how to put his shoes in the closet. And so good news all around. That is good news. Good news for me too. Good job, mom. Good job. We should have some mom good news (laughs) on the ways that we've we've (laughs) got wised up. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's so good. Thank you for sharing that good news. Listeners, we love hearing from you guys. If you have some good news that you want to share with us, you can do so at email hello at luckyfewpodcast.com or you can head over to Instagram, the lucky few pod, leave a direct message. Um, Dana, Anthony, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for all the work that you do with NDSS and just in this world, we appreciate both of you so much. Thank you. It was a joy. Thank you. Thank you. And then listeners, we're going to have links to everything mentioned today in our show notes. Anthony and Dana, are you guys on social media? Is there a way that people can follow you? I have Facebook. Okay. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. Okay. How's that sound? And then Dana and we'll, and we're going to have pictures of you guys up on the, on our Instagram page. So you guys, listeners head there to see this lovely duo. Dana, is there anywhere people can find you? You know what? I am not really on social media, okay. but I'm happy if they want to email me um, at D-S-C-I-U-L-L-O at NDSS.org. Awesome. Thank you for providing that email. I'm sure there are people who will want to reach out. And again, we will have that information for you, friends, in the show notes. So that's it. That's it, y'all. We're going to wrap this episode up. Josh Avis, thanks for editing this episode. Val Schleter for producing it. And our intern, Ashley, for managing our social media. And listeners, this is just a reminder. If you liked this episode, share it with your family and friends. And don't forget to subscribe. And then you can check out theluckyfewpodcast.com for all show notes and anything we talked about today. And then make sure you're following on social media at the Lucky Few Pod. 
And listener, we want to say it again and again. You're slaying it. We love you. We're cheering you on. And we can't wait to be together next week. And we will see you then. We'll see you then. Happy Down Syndrome Awareness Month, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.